You know, one of the strange things, one of the many strange things about this season of life that we've all been living through and are still living through is, is having no sports. I, I know that's a, a pretty inconsequential area of life in many ways, not a very important compared to all the, all the very significant things that we all have gone through in recent weeks and months. But still, pretty odd, isn't it? To not have any sports, to not have nothing to watch, to have no races being run. Uh, strange. And, and uh, it, our competitive juices are flowing, and you've seen maybe some videos of people at home making up their own Olympics in the backyard or finding things that they can race or ways that they can race. Um, and uh, I, I want to actually take a minute and encourage you to go check out a video because there is a professional sports announcer who, like us at home, got bored, needed something to do, needed a way to practice his skill of narrating commentary for sports, and so he took matters into his own hands. It's a fun video. So what, what I encourage you to do, if you want, press pause on this video, and then we're, we're going to do is in the link, uh, I mean in the comments below, we're going to post a link for you to this YouTube video about a sports announcer and his dogs. So take a look in the comments below on YouTube or on Facebook, look for the link, pause this video, click that link, and take a look at that video if you'd like. Hopefully you had a chance to go and check out that video. If you didn't, it's okay. If you're listening on audio only, you can check it out later if you want. Google, just Google sports announcer dogs, and I think you'll find it. But uh, if you watched it, my favorite part was uh, focused, relentless, tasting absolutely nothing. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. And uh, if, if, you, if you watched it, then you're chuckling with me. And if you didn't watch it, then you have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. So what is Derek talking about? What's all this about a race? You know, I just wanted to start this morning with a lighthearted way of getting us thinking about a race, what racing looks like. Because often, as you know, often in the Bible, uh, there is a metaphor for the Christian life of, of a race. They use the metaphor of, of a race, a running race, to describe and compare to the life of a Christian, to the life of following Jesus and obeying him and striving after him and wanting to live for him until the end. And so as we get going this morning, I want us to, us to think together, you, me, how is your race going? Just your life in general, perhaps, how is the race going? How is the race feeling? But in particular, your journey with Jesus your, your, your spiritual relationship, your, your growing and following Jesus, growing closer to God. How is that race going? How is it feeling? I hope it's going well. I hope you feel like you're running downhill with the wind at your back. And sometimes we do feel like that. And other times, if you're like me or if you're like many in our church family, sometimes we need help running our race. Sometimes we need hope in order to run our race. Because, and this morning, I think one of the things we'll see is that the deeper our faith is, the more joyfully founded in our great God that our faith is, the brighter our hope for what's ahead, the brighter our hope as we look to run the race well. Open your Bibles, if you would, and we're gonna start 
uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. So I love you to get out your own Bible there in your home, wherever you're watching this. Get your Bible on your lap or open your, uh, your device, your Bible app, and uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 1. You know, we're intentionally... I'm going to put a few things on the screen for you to read, but we're intentionally not putting this passage of Scripture on the screen because we love you to get your finger in God's Word, to follow along and study with me as we hear from God through His Word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let me read a few verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we're going to come back to that, let us also... Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Does that describe our desire to race and how we want to race? We, we want to look to Jesus as we run the race of life, right? We want to run the race with endurance, following in Jesus' example. Or if you watch that video, we want to run our race with a wagging tail and enthusiasm and thankfulness for what God has done for us. But as we often do when we study the scriptures, I started us in, verse, uh, I started us in chapter 12 today. That's not actually where we're going to spend our time. Because as we read a passage of Scripture there, chapter 12, verse 1, we often ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? So when you see a therefore, we want to go back, and we want to see what precedes this. Here's an encouragement to run the race as Jesus is running it, with endurance, to focus on him as we run the race of life. What's the therefore, therefore? And, and who is this cloud of witnesses? I'm gonna, we're going to flip back, turn back a page or two with me to the beginning of chapter 11. We're going to be looking through Hebrews chapter 11, and you'll see if you even just skim that chapter with your eyes right now, that that chapter is full of examples of God's people whose lives were lived by faith, whose lives lived by faith lived out all that God had done for them. So to flip back to the beginning of of Hebrews chapter 11, let's look at chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Okay, again, I want to do a little Bible study method here. You know, we want to understand what we're reading. Why does chapter 11, remember there were no chapters and verse marks when this was originally written. So why does verse 1 start with a definition of faith? Well, there must be something before this. So even if you look back just a couple of verses at the end of chapter 10, Hebrews 10 verse 38 is a quote from the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk had written, the righteous shall live by faith. God's people shall live by faith. And then the very last verse of Hebrews uh, chapter 10 says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who have faith and preserve their souls. 
while shrinking back, invites God's displeasure. Faith, growing faith in our great God results in salvation, being rescued from sin and death. Faith results in our salvation, the preservation of our soul. So if, if as the uh, prophet Habakkuk said, the righteous, God's people are to live by faith, if we are to live by faith, let's start first here this morning with what faith is not. Because I think perhaps that's a, something that happens often in our mind or as we have conversations in our culture or as we read different things and we, we may think we know or don't know what faith is. What, let's start with what faith is not. First of all, faith is not crossed fingers, wishful thinking. Faith is not... Uh, I have faith, insert my favorite team here, insert your favorite team here. I have faith that my team is going to win the championship. Or I have faith that my team is going to win the championship every season. Faith is not crossed fingers, wishful thinking. Faith is also not seeing the light in one direction, but blindly pushing into the darkness anyway. You know, faith doesn't mean that we give up our, 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 our brain, that you set aside the, your God-given brain. Faith doesn't mean that you don't use wisdom and, and reason and logic and, and our discovery of life and, and instead kind of push into the darkness. That's not, that's not a faith. I, I grew up with one of my movie heroes being Indiana Jones. So another example to me of, of, of something that's not faith, you know, Indiana Jones stepping onto this invisible bridge. You may remember this scene in this movie where here's Indiana Jones's foot hovering over the top of a, of a thousand feet deep chasm. And, and he doesn't see anything, but he's supposed to cross. And so here's this foot dangling over and having to have faith that he can step. But I don't think that's the faith that God calls us to have. Faith in God doesn't call for us to hover over a thousand-foot chasm hoping that something's going to catch us. And faith is also not just, I believe in myself. I, I, I have faith in myself. I can do it. I can try harder. I can step up. I can pull myself together. That is not the faith that God, I think, is going to be teaching us here today and in the coming weeks. That's not the faith that we are talking about. And that's where this new series, this new teaching series that we're in, comes in. We are beginning today the first of our new teaching series through the summer. And what we're going to do in this teaching series is explore together what, what it means, what it looks like to live by faith. And, and how, here's how we're going to do this teaching series. We're going to use... Hebrews chapter 11 as a framework. We're going to work our way through Hebrews chapter 11. And each time we come to a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 11 that tell us an example of, God's, of someone of God's people who has lived a life of faith, then we're going to take some time to, to learn more about that person and go back to the Old Testament and read their story. And all of these examples in Hebrews 11 are people of faith whose lives demonstrated their faith through action. Their, their growing faith in God changed the way they lived. Their growing faith in God, living by faith for them, looked like stepping out in faith, saying things and doing actions 
that proved and demonstrated their faith. Because we're going to see as we study today in the coming weeks that the life of faith, the life of faith is the only life that pleases God. A life of faith that runs the race pleases God. A life of faith that runs the race well in obedience and living out God's love for us is a life that is pleasing to God. So as we start the series, today we're just going to take a look at the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11. So let's start with Hebrews 11, verse 1. We already read it a minute ago. Here it is again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So the, so the first thing we want to look at with verse 1 here, the thing we want to learn, I think, today and think a little bit more about is that is what is true about faith? What do we learn about faith from this verse and from God's word in general? Faith accepts God's word. Faith leads us then to confidence in God's promises. See, faith does not just merely know the Bible. Faith does not just merely know what God says. Faith accepts it, brings what God says into heart and mind such that we can then act on it. Faith does not just agree with God's word. Yeah, God said that. Faith breathes in God's word so that we can act on it. Faith is not a a vague, as we've said, faith is not a vague hope that's grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. But rather, in verse 1, you see that instead, faith is assurance, conviction. We, We have assurance. Faith brings assurance, confidence. There's a sense in which faith isn't just uncertainty that we just hope in. Faith is something that brings about a certainty about the future, a confidence that God is who he says he is, that he's going to do what he says he does. And, and so we have this, as we look at, as we have a, a verse one faith, we believe that God is who he says he is, and therefore we can trust that he'll do what he says. And, and, and among all the things that God does and says, the best, the most amazing is the good news, the story of the whole Bible. The story of the whole Bible is God purposing to rescue a people for himself. And because of our faith, we can know that God is who he says he is and that he's going to do what he says he'll do. And, and And the good news of the gospel is that God rescues. God has worked in the world. God has worked through Jesus Christ to rescue you and I from sin and death. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And our faith, putting our faith in that truth, putting our trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, our faith is is accepting the reality of the future we have with God because of Jesus. And as as that becomes our faith, as we look forward to the future with God through Jesus, that brings joy. And so the more profound our faith, the more profound our hope for the future, the more hope we have as we endure this race of life. So, yeah, speaking of that race, I mean, how, how then does this confident faith that God brings up within us, how does this confident faith help us race? 
Well, you think about what you're going through in, in the race of life. And how might faith help us run this race? See, I think people of faith have, have kind of a God vision. As our faith grows, as God grows in us a faith in him and, and a belief in him and a trust in him and a belief that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he's going to do, then, then as our circumstances unfold, whether our circumstances are positive or negative, up and down, rough, stressful, trials, suffering at times, I think that people of faith have the ability to, to check their circumstances and discern where God is active, that God has not left, that God is with us, that he is working for our good and his glory. People of faith are able to discern the activity of the invisible God. And if, we, and if we can do that, if we can see God at work, if we can trust and know and by faith that he is at work, that helps us to endure. That helps us to persevere. That helps us to finish the race well. Even in the midst of difficulties. What does that look like for you, church family? What does that look like for you? In the midst of difficulties and uncertainty, do you look for God's invisible hand? You know, instead of, of being like Peter and looking at the wind and the waves and being distracted and starting to sink, do you look for God's invisible hand, know and trust his presence with you, knowing that he will carry you through, help you finish the race? Let's keep going. Let's take a look at verse 2. Hebrews 11, verse 2. For by it, by faith, the people of old received their commendation. Our assurance, our certainty of God's goodness and his presence with us and his faithfulness, as our faith grows, faith is going to stir us into action. And as faith stirs us into action, as our words and deeds demonstrate our faith, that is going to win God's approval. Faith stirs us to action and our, our faithful actions, our words and our deeds, because of our trust in him, wins God's approval. And we see this throughout chapter 11. As we study in the next weeks, the rest of chapter 11, we're going to see each of these people, each of, these, uh, each of God's people that are mentioned in chapter 11, we're going to see them stirred to action. And you know, maybe some of you know that chapter 11 is sometimes referred to as the hall of faith. It's these lofty examples of faith. We might think of it as these, that the people listed in chapter 11 are heroes of faith. And they are. But let, let, let's not let that cause us to lose sight that they are also ordinary people like you and I. The hall of faith is full of excellent examples of a life lived by faith. But these are people that God is working in just like you and I. One of my study resources says that faith is confidence that results in action, right? It's not just a willy-nilly faith. It's, a, it's not a stab in the dark. It's not a leap of faith. It's, it's confidence. I have confidence because I know about God and what is true about God. A faith, faith is confidence that then results in action. See, because if I take God at his word, if you take God at his word, it will help us to live our lives accordingly. We, won't, we will want to and we won't be able to help 
doing and saying things that glorify him because of our growing faith. Faith moves us into action. Faith moves us into activism. Faith moves us to standing up for God and what God loves. And that's, I think, what chapter 11 is full of. God's people running the race, sharing his love with others. Faith, deep faith, moving them into action that matters for the name of our great God. And as as we are stirred to action, it's amazing to think that our, our faithful lives will win God's approval. Because exercising that kind of verse one faith, verse two says the people of old, these people of God, received divine approval. They received God's commendation. In fact, when we get down to verse six later, you'll see it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So by exercising that kind of verse one faith, God's people receive his approval. Their lives are pleasing to their heavenly father. But we get distracted, don't we? We, we do focus on other things than that. We, we, we get distracted and we lose our way sometimes. Let me ask this. What do we, what do you, what do I hold more important in my life than God at times? What do you, what do I sometimes treat more important than learning from his word or living out his word, or treating people according to his word? Are there other things that get in the way of us living by faith? Do we live by faith in our great God, or do we live by something else? Is there something else, or someone else, or some idea that is driving our behaviors instead of learning to live by faith? Do we live by faith in our great God, Or or do we try to live by pleasing him with our efforts, with trying hard, with being a good person? Do we try to please him with our politics or, or our moral behavior? Do we try to please him by our smarts and our opinions and how sharp we are and how well we can communicate? Or do we ask for his help to live by faith and to live as people of his word? Something to wrestle with for us. Let's take a look at verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This is incredible. Verse 3 teaches us this about faith. That faith brings understanding. That, that faith helps us to fathom these incredible truths, not fully, not understand God, not understand exactly how he works, but faith brings about, increases our understanding, and faith helps us to see what God has done and give him the credit for it. Faith helps us to recognize God's power. And the example there in verse 3 is about the creation. As you look around you and you see all that God has made his majestic creation, the natural order, animals and plants and human beings. We see from verse 3 that faith enables us to accept, to believe, to take in this incomprehensible truth, this reality that everything that is made came from nothing. 
that that is the power of our great God. One of the scholars I was studying this week suggests that the author of Hebrews, in writing this, in writing this verse, probably had Genesis chapter 1 in mind. Yeah, of course. Perhaps he was thinking to himself all that God tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and beyond into the rest of the book of Genesis. Because, yes, Genesis 1 is the story of God's creation, but also perhaps the author of Hebrews had Genesis in mind because he's talking about creation and then he's going to be listing these examples of God's people in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis who lived lives by faith. How is that? How is verse 3? How is that for an example of God's incomparable creative power? That God spoke and the universe came into being out of nothing. How incredible is it? And what does it tell us about our great God? That God declared it and it happened. It came to be. This series, as we continue here in the coming weeks in this series called By Faith Through Hebrews Chapter 11, I think this series is a great opportunity for us to learn what it means to live by faith, what it looks like, to live by faith. And rather than than thinking that faith is a stab in the dark or a leap of faith or or some hopeful, wishful thinking, let let me close with this. Rather than us coming to some false understanding of faith, let me close by reading from the ESV Study Bible. Listen to this. Listen carefully if you would and be encouraged about what biblical faith is and what we should ask God to teach us in the coming weeks. Faith is a settled confidence that something in the future, something that has not yet been seen but has been promised by God, will actually come to pass because God will bring it about. Biblical faith is a confident trust in the eternal God Why would we have a a confident trust in the eternal God? Because he is all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy. Biblical faith is a confident trust in the God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ, whose promises have proven true from generation to generation, and who will never leave nor forsake his people. Let's ask God to grow our faith. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, we thank you for the faith that you have given us, followers of Jesus, to believe in your son and his rescuing work on the cross. Father, we thank you for the glorious truths that we just read about you, your your power, your wisdom, your trustworthiness, your dependability, your truth from generation to generation, your presence with us, and that you'll never leave us. God, may those glorious truths that we just read about you strengthen our faith. God, would we see our faith as increasing confidence in who you are and what you've done that helps us to trust you moving forward. God, we ask that you would help us today and always live for you. 
God, would our lives be lived for you and would our lives be lived according to your word in the Bible? God, I pray that our race, our race of life, our journey through this life, our, our journey following Jesus, God, I pray that our race would not um, be focused or distracted by other priorities or, or taken away by other ideas or documents or allegiances. God, I pray that we would not be about pleasing humans, but that, God, you would help us to first and foremost live lives that are pleasing to you. God, I pray that our faith would move us into action, me and our whole church family. God, would the faith that you have given us in Jesus move us into action. God, would, our, would, would you help us to live lives according to the Bible so that, so that the Bible would influence all, all that we are, all that we do, all that we say. God, through your word and through your power living in us, would you help us to respond and care for all people with all their many perspectives? Would we interact with them as your people, as your representatives, as conduits of your love? And Father God, I pray, I praise you and thank you for your love to us through Jesus. Thank you that at the cross you have rescued us from sin and death and made it possible for us to be alive with you. Alive now and alive with you in eternity. Father, may we know that our faith gives us hope and that our hope leads to perseverance. Perseverance and endurance to run the race well. So God, as we study your word in the upcoming weeks and we learn more about this cloud of witnesses, these examples of people from your word that lived lives of faith, would you spur us to live lives obedient to you, to live lives of faith? Teach us, Lord, to live by faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.